This is the SB Live Washington podcast, your weekly conversation about high school sports and the people who play them across the Evergreen State. I'm Andy Bueller, reporter with SB Live. We got a great show ahead. We're going to talk about what we saw in week five of the high school football season. That's, of course, in the books. Uh, there were a ton of great games uh, this week, and we were at a lot of them. Uh, of course, the we I'm speaking of is uh, Scorebook Live Washington. Uh, scorebooklive.com slash Washington is your home for high school sports news and information, uh, as well as the SB Live sports app. We're going to go through some of our predictions and how those fared from last week. Uh, we're going to talk about what we saw and where we were. And then we're going to look at some awesome performances and storylines uh, that developed over the weekend. With me, as usual, is the prodigal son of Tacoma, your pal and mine, uh, depending on the week. And a senior reporter with SB Live, Todd Millis. Uh, Todd, we got another week in the books. How we doing? Yeah. Yeah, we, it's, it's, uh, we're officially over the... We're looking at the uh, second half of our regular season of football, man. I can't believe that we're already heading into week six. Uh, it's been a very interesting uh, first five games. Um, the teams that we thought were going to be good are certainly good, but there's been some, some, some teams that maybe we, you know, again, we're, we're not going to know. Uh, it, it's hard to come off a spring season and, 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 and not a real full season and get a, a real clear idea on, on some of these teams that are rounding out our, our top 10 or our here top come the excuses. We're two minutes in here. Here they are. <laughs> but no, I'm just saying there are some, there are some really, there are some really good teams that we didn't, that uh, weren't on our radar. I, I, I'm sure there weren't on a lot of people's radars, but here we are mid season. I think it, enough of the proof is in the pudding, man. So um, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's almost mid-season report card time. Uh, we're about a week out from that to where we can kind of really take a deep look into that. And I'm sure we'll do that next week on the podcast. Um, but going over uh, our picks, uh, last Wednesday, we released uh, our week five prediction podcast. Uh, we made a bunch of picks. The majority of them we agreed on, except for uh, one 1A pick over in the 1A Northeast League uh, between Riverside and Freeman. And so I got to say, Todd, um, we're, we were nine for nine last week on picks. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know that that's happened yet. So, so maybe you and I, just like some teams are just kind of starting to hit their stride. Maybe you and I have, have kind of hit our, our Marysville Pilchuck stride at this point of the season with these picks. Uh, cause you know, I, I, I gotta say, I looked at that and I, I was not only surprised, uh, but I was encouraged. Well, even a squirrel finds a blind a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while, man. If we can, if we can continue that that run this week, then maybe I'll uh, I'll be ready to 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 consider it a trend, Andy. But hey, before we start, I want to. You talked about us, and it's you and I are the are the full time guys. But I, I wanted to give a shout out to some of the some of the people that we have covering games on a weekly basis uh, that do a great job for us that are there that are representing us. Doug Drowley. Connor Gilbert uh, debuted in Spokane. Shout out, Connor Gilbert. Jeff Morrow, the former sports editor for the Tri-City Herald, uh, is doing some stuff for us in, in Tri-Cities. Haley Palmer covered her first game for us, uh, that Marysville Pilchuck game. She was at the Linden Tribune. Uh, Matt Massey, who's done some work for the Seattle Times. Aaron Lommers, he's been everywhere. Everett Herald. Um, just a lot of really good um, people 
who want to catch football games on Friday nights and do a great job. I don't think a lot of people realize that, you know, the work really starts after the game uh, ends uh, for these freelancers going home, going over their notes, going through their interviews and, and getting us uh, stories by midnight. So I just wanted to give a shout out to all the people helping us out, uh, making sure the state's covered. Uh, I agree. I mean, it's one thing to follow along with somebody on Twitter, but I was scrolling through the SB Live Sports app on on Friday uh, after before I left the parking lot at Kelso High School at like <laughs> at like twelve thirty a.m. and I, I saw on there the the top video on the ticker had just published, and it was. Uh, an interview with Dylan Carson, running back at Marysville Pilchuck, and it was uh, one Haley Palmer who who just uh, her her run at the Linden Tribune just ended. It was her first assignment with us, and I'm just like, man, that you know, I thought to myself, what, how refreshing is it to hear Haley, uh, you know, doing some stuff for us and and really getting a great interview, especially with with a, uh, a young man in Dylan Carson who's having a tremendous season, and just based on where you and I are. Um, you know, we're, we're full timers here with SB live and we, we wear a lot of hats. I mean, of course it's your, it's your Twitter handle. Um, but we, we can't get to everywhere and, and it's, it's really helpful and it's, it's, it does not go unnoticed, uh, you know, all the hard work across the state, um, you know, from our end that we see. And so I appreciate you bringing that up, Todd, because I, I hope uh, that the listener, uh, you know, maybe the casual listener um, kind of understands, you know, what, what goes into a Friday night of coverage for us. Uh, and, and it feels like, you know, we're, we're hopefully hitting our stride here. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, week six, week seven and, and every week will throw a, a speed bump at us that we don't expect. But I appreciate you bringing that up. So, well, and I, hey, listen, we just talked about the writers. I got to mention our photographers too, Eric Smith, oh, yeah. Robin Spokane. And our guy over here in Western Washington, who's everywhere, he, he tries to get to a couple games a week. He just loves being on the sideline, and that's Vince Miller. I know a lot of people comment and really appreciate his work, and so do we. Vince is everywhere. He was up in Pilchuck last weekend. I mean, I mean, come on, man. He's he's a based out of the Tacoma area, so he's putting the miles on the rig uh, and, and delivering really awesome photos, uh, and, and we're lucky to have him. So. Uh, appreciation corner. Uh, we, we can wrap that up. Um, Todd, you and I were out uh, at games as well last week. Um, so I, we ju- let's just go over kind of what we saw, where we were. Uh, and let's start with you because on Thursday, you saw a really good game uh, between Bellarmine Prep and Emer- Emerald Ridge. Ended on a game-winning field goal and, and had just kind of some weird dynamics uh, late in that game that, that made it compelling. Yeah, and it's funny because I, I, I talked to Adam Scockle after the game and in the SPSL, it gets six berths to the postseason. It, it almost feels like, yeah, there's a kind of a pecking order. It's GK and it's Sumner and Puyallup. And then that, you know, it, 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 after that, it feels like, you know, if you can get to that fourth seed and get a home game, then you've really accomplished something. And Bellarmine took control of that Thursday night, Andy, by, by winning at spark stadium on a, on a really weird, uh, miscommunication uh, on an Emerald Ridge punt it, the the snap went to the to the up back and he attempted a a, a pass um, deep in in Jaguars territory uh, it, it fell incomplete and the Lions uh, broke the tie with a with a last second field goal and now that they've beaten Emerald Ridge and and they've beaten uh, Olympia um, the two teams that I think we considered kind of in that mix for you know, that four five and six spot. Um, that's a, that's a big accomplishment. Now, now they're kind of playing with house money, Andy, they get to go to GK 
this week. A team that they've played pretty well. I mean, schematically, they know how to play GK. It's uh, it's it's more of those guys. You know, they just they just they haven't had enough bodies up front to really shut down GK. But schematically, you can see they kind of have a they've had a beat on what GK wants to do. So, but both teams are un, unbeaten this week. I got you know Tristan Warner. Andy, we've talked, I don't know if we've talked about him a lot. He started the year as a quarterback. I went to the game against Olympia, looked like he uh, had a broken his collarbone in the game. Uh, they were down to their third string quarterback, came back and won the game. Well, Tristan came back. Uh, it was a bruise, um, sternum, came back. Um, but they're right now, they're not, they're, they're, they're kind of down a couple guys. Tariq May, the really talented receiver, Gage Hicks. Uh, who came back from Virginia? He was going to be their starting tailback. They they both haven't seen a snap this year, so Brian Jensen has moved Tristan to running back, and he really for a guy that plays quarterback. And I know he's kind of a hybrid quarterback. He he does a really good job. And for his you know he, you look at him and you talk to him after the game, you're like, how do you how do you break tackles, man? But he 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 was the juice in that offense on Thursday night. Uh, saw a lot of carries, scored the uh, the the touchdown that. Um, that got him back in the game to start the fourth quarter. He had a couple touchdowns over hundred yards kind of buying their time before these two guys get back. And uh, uh, again, Bellarmine winning two close games against the teams that they were sort of in competition with for that fourth spot. Nice job by Brian Jensen in that group. No question. Those highlights and that story you can read uh, and, and watch up on the site, scorebooklive.com slash Washington, as well as the SB Live Sports app. On Friday, I was at a game in Southwest Washington and in, in genuinely one of my favorite stadiums to cover a football game in. And that's uh, Schroeder Field, uh, Kelso High School. It's a one school town. And that town really shows up for home games, and especially when it's against a really good teams from Vancouver. Uh, those Highlanders uh, mean business. They hit hard. They play tough at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and defensively, came into the game only having allowed one defensive touchdown, and that came in garbage time over a 33-8 win over Prairie the previous week, uh, which was an impressive win in and of itself. So Kelso had, it felt like, had a lot of momentum coming into the game, and if there was ever a year, um, you know, to, to, to nip up, to nip Mountain View at home, uh, just like it did on the road two years ago at McKenzie Stadium, this might, be, this might have been the year. And, <laughs> boy, did they ever try. I mean... It was a, it was a, uh, for everything I said about Kelso's defense, Mountain View came out the first three drives of the game. There were three first half drives for the Thunder. They were methodical. Uh, they, they weren't taking any, you know, major shots downfield. They were moving the ball. They were burning the clock. They were, they were building up that time of possession and score. It went three for three with touchdowns on those first three drives. Took uh, a 20 to 10 lead into halftime with a uh, one-yard touchdown run as time expired by a quarterback, Mitch Johnson, who's had a really nice year, by the way. Uh, had accounted for three touchdowns on Friday night. Um, and just getting that getting that ball and being able to manage that drive uh, there to end the first half by Johnson was really impressive in the moment, but it ultimately proved uh, to be crucial. I mean, you know, they, they spiked the ball, you know, Johnson spiked the ball with one second to go, uh, on the one yard line and, and, you know, scored on a QB sneak and they go in up 10 Kelso's defense. You know, I, I don't, I don't know exactly what Steve Amrine said to those Highlanders at halftime. He said something along the lines of, you know, they, they had, um, 
you know, basically telling them like, you guys are defensively, you guys are the tougher team. And, and, and quarterback linebacker Hunter Latier said as much after the game, he said, look, I still feel like we were the tougher team tonight. Uh, it, it just didn't bear out on the scoreboard. But Kelso shuts out Mountain View in the second half, and the Thunder uh, were just kind of holding on to their to dear life. Uh, every It seemed like every time they, they touched the ball. Kelso uh, brings in wide receiver Colby Cooper under center. He runs in. I think it was like a 24-yard touchdown, uh, but a really, really nice play uh, to, to, bring with, to pull within three. And Kelso got a shot to win it on what I believe was about a 34-yard field goal as, uh, you know, with about six seconds left in the game. Uh, they got backed up by a, a false start penalty. And the guy that lines up to kick it is senior Mason Smith. And he's the same kicker who beat Mountain View at McKenzie Stadium uh, in the final seconds in 2019. And Mason Smith, you know, he pulls the kick wide left. There was a lot of pause and and mayhem with with officials trying to figure out what was going on uh, with that false start call. And uh, the officials kind of iced the kicker in the final seconds. Uh, But kick goes wide left. Mountain View hangs on for dear life. And that's Adam Matheson's 100th win uh, as, as a head coach, uh, which is obviously a huge deal. It, it makes him extremely uncomfortable talking about it, which was, <laughs> I mean, it was pretty entertaining to interview uh, and to talk to him kind of leading up to the game and then in the post game. Because uh, he's, he's the kind of guy where he says, he's like, he's telling me, I talked to him on the phone on Thursday before the game and he goes, he goes, Andy, I could maybe recount three wins of ours that, st- that stand out to me over the course of my career. He goes, I can tell you in detail what happened uh, play by play in all 46 or however many of my losses. That's just the way that he's wired. Uh, So a true football guy and a a great football mind as well. And he used that as kind of an opportunity to really celebrate the program. Uh, It was a big deal, not just for him, but for the people, uh, you know, who made it happen. You know, the the, the people who who made it, you know, his his graduated uh, players. Uh, coaches on his staff, the administration at the school. And so, uh, you know, really cool kind of scene at, at the end of that game and, and a very frustrated Kelso team that has a lot to hang on to. Uh, Kelso now uh, is given their first loss. They're four and one on the season. And uh, that's a two bid league uh, in the three A greater St. Helens league. So I, I predict, you know, Prairie's not going to be going away anytime soon. Evergreen's not going to be going away. Um, but Mountain View, uh, as usual, kind of asserts its dominance at the top of the league here in week five. So that's that's what I saw. Uh, some really fun highlights, photos and observations, interviews after that game. I talked to Kyle Chen, Penn State target, uh, Division One uh, cornerback prospect. Kyle Chen had an interception in the fourth quarter that, that could have set up uh, a Mountain View sealing the game and it didn't end up. But, you know, great game by Chen as well and, and a good win for the Thunder here. Uh, in week five so yeah I I'd say the thing that I really appreciate about Adam uh, Matheson coach teams well first offensively uh, they're very clean um, formationally technically and they're very balanced and you and you see that uh, this year you know that passing attack with the young quarterback Achille Kamau uh, just a team that's really uh, you, they don't beat themselves, Andy. Uh, I think they're probably, I mean, I, with some teams that lost in 3A, they could very well be in our 3A rankings this week. Uh, to go to Kelso, um, not only win, but hang on and, and, and get a dub. Um, and they had a big one this week. They they, they, they have Camus. Um, and we talk about the best teams in, 
in Vancouver, and we always talk about the 4A GSHL with Union and Camus and Skyview, and they've earned that. But uh, Mountain View, we, we, we tend to kind of not mention them and, and their consistency. I don't know whether it's boring or, or what, but um, and they could take a big step forward um, this week uh, if they beat Camus and, and kind of etch in their names uh, right there with the best teams in Vancouver. Yeah, and Camus is going to really want to win that game, Todd. Uh, Camus, you know, loses its first four games of the season against very, very good Oregon opponents. Um, this is a Camus football team that that is not used to seeing that many, uh, you know, tallies in the L column, and, and wants to flip the script a little bit, and has a, a really good opportunity to take on a, a strong three A team this week. Uh, but no, I, I think you're right about their offense. Um, it, what's fun about this group is, you know, in 2018, Matheson led a team with with like no college football players um, or no division one football players, I should say uh, to a three, a state semifinal and they lost to O'Day. And you know, that it was a really, really fun, fun team to cover. I was a reporter at the Columbian at the time and, and was up close along with that ride and just saw the way those guys operated. And, you know, it's just kind of, we talked about this with Yelm, uh, with Braden, uh, Braden Platt and Kyler Ronquillo a couple weeks ago when they were on it's like they played grid kids growing up, and it's like all the guys they're lining up with, they they you know grew up with, and they've run the system for their their whole youth careers. They've been around the team, and it's kind of the same way uh, at Mountain View. Uh, Adam runs uh, you know a very kind of unique offense, uh, and it's it's something that uh, you know there's a standard set, and it's it's held, and they have some really fun uh, you know. They have some really fun uh, talent on that team uh, and have, have had some guys step up. They're really banged up. Gavin James Dews uh, is, has not played since week one. Expected starter uh, Zach Gable, running back, uh, has not played. And they've gotten really good production from sophomore Achille Kamau. Uh, they've gotten, you know, J.J. Thompson, a safety, is going to be a, a – he's a sophomore. He's going to be a terrific player in two years and already is. Uh, so, you know – I, I, I have to say I agree with you, and that'll be an interesting one that I'm sure SB Live will be at this week uh, in some form or fashion. So we're going to take a quick break, uh, Todd, but when we come back, we're going to look at some awesome performances and storylines from week five. take a moment to tell you about something really exciting for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news here in Washington and across the country. With the SB Live Sports app, it's now even easier to follow your favorite team and tailor your experience to your interests. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers on the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Life Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans with coverage from reporters Todd Millis, myself, Andy Bueller as well as SB Live's preeminent basketball mind and recruiting expert, Dan Dickow. The SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today. So the Kinko pecking order is forming, Todd, at the 4A level. Bothell beats Mount Sy 29-23. Uh, Eastlake thrashes Redmond. 
What say you about the way that the 4A Kinko, uh, traditionally one of the, the one of the toughest leagues, if not the toughest league uh, in the state in Class 4A, how is that league shape, shaping up this year uh, when coming into the year we might have thought that you know there wasn't one team uh, or two teams that we would pencil in uh, up top? Well, I tell you, we you know going into every year you gotta you kind of have to list Bothell and Woodenville based on what they've accomplished over the last decade. Uh, one's been in the state championship game. The other's won a state championship. And so I, I kind of gave Bothell the nod, even though, and a lot of that was that offensive line and that secondary, um, they've had to break in a new offensive backfield. And, and Bryce, Bryce Coy is really kind of bailed them out last week with the, with the big performance, had the touchdown run to, to win at Mount Si. That's always a good win to go to Snoqualmie and beat Charlie Canoon in that group. But right now, if I had to pick a team, I think it is sort of, kind of emerge to the forefront of that league. I'm, I'm going to pick Eastlake. I'm going to pick uh, Parker Barry Smith starting to really find his footing as a passer. Um, they have two really big, speedy targets. Uh, I mean, Griffin Miller is going to be in the conversation for uh, conference player of the year. Will Eaton, son of Chad Eaton, who played with the Cougs and played in the NFL as a defensive lineman. Another really good outside target. But I, I, I wanted to mention a guy that I – I saw the first week when they played Kent Wood. Um, he plays corner, um, but he's made more of an impact um, as a big play receiver than maybe uh, first-year coach Kyle Snell thought. And it's uh, it's Noah Weintraub. Uh, he's a big physical uh, cornerback that likes to play around the line of scrimmage. Andy uh, loves to hit, um, loves to tackle, really good ball skills. Um, but his impact in the offense has been a nice bonus when you parent, when you kind of group him with the two guys that I mentioned, giving Parker Barry Smith a really good um, third option, so to speak. Um, but I like Eastlake. I think Bothell's right behind him. And then maybe 3A, 3B, 3C when we talk about Woodenville, Mount Si, North Creek. I think those teams could beat one another on any given night, but Right now, I, I kind of like this East Lake team. I, I like the way they're playing. I, they're figuring things out. Um, they're they're big. They're big. Their bigs up front are 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 been have been a nice surprise. And those those three or four guys that we talked about in the skill positions have have all flourished uh, under Snell as as a first year coach. Yeah, I mean, and you look at their schedule from here on out, and you know, Skyline, Mount Si, Issy, and East Lake. They could be sitting here at eight and zero in a couple weeks. I mean, this is a team that that. Uh, I I wonder if uh, this is a team that that might enter the postseason undefeated. Yeah, I mean, we could say the same thing about Bothell too. I mean, Bothell is just that's Tom Boehner. They they just know how to win games. Uh, somebody said that you know the way he calls a game isn't it's it's not by a script, but it's sort of by paint by numbers. He is a really kind of field play caller, and he's a really good really good at making in game adjustments. Um, right now, they're they're. They're winning games. Uh, so both of those teams could be undefeated uh, going into a potential crossover championship, league championship in week in week nine. Um, but both those teams have some games, obviously, um, some big games left on the schedule before that. Marysville Pilchuck rolled to its second head-turning win over a top 10 opponent in as many weeks, 49-15 over Ferndale, uh, a team that – 
is very talented, but just could not establish its run game uh, against a, a, very, a strong, strong Pilchuck team. Dylan Carson is is putting together. You know, what's what's higher? What's the next level beyond all state at this point, Todd? I mean, twenty two hundred twenty five yards, five touchdowns. Again, he surpasses the two hundred yard mark. Um, you know, back to back wins over Glacier Peak, Ferndale. Um, Pilchuck, I think, kind of should have that Week 7 game against Arlington circled, but it looks like they're in a good spot to win this 3A Wesco title um, at this point of the season. And, you know, for a, for a guy in Dylan Carson who helped this team reach the state quarters as a sophomore, you know, they won that first-round game against Prairie in overtime. For him to be leading this group now with 15, with 18 returning starters and a strong senior class, um, you know, it's 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 been, I think, really interesting to see kind of how things have come together uh, for Pilchuck, uh, a, a team that's been, you know, there and they're in the picture every year. And here now they're taking the next step into a legitimate 3A contender. Yeah, I think that's that's very clear. I mean, you beat two teams of that caliber in back-to-back weeks and 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 put them on running clock in the second half. Uh, yeah, I, I think the rest of the state should be paying attention. And and as, we, as you know, 3A is very interesting, but it's not ironclad. I mean, O'Day's fantastic with their offensive line and Jason Brown Bellevue and that wing T let's, let's throw a Marysville Pilchuck in there with all those seniors um, with Dylan Carson, with the last kiss kid. I mean, they, they're, they're making plays in that, in that slot T offense, um, but they're being physical up front. And I know that's a big key uh, so far on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, you could score all the points and you want, but if you, if you can't stop anybody, Andy, it's, it's, it's uh you know, it can be counterproductive, but they're doing it on both sides. So let's let's remember that as they move forward. We picked this next game, Todd, to be a shootout. At least I did. I thought that uh, Richland would beat Chiawana 35-33. I thought the offense would finally come alive for Chiawana in, in a way that it just has not so far this season. Um, and it did the exact opposite of that. Richland shuts Chiawana out 14-0. Uh, the Bombers are now kind of firmly in that second spot in the MCC behind uh, unblemished Kamiakin. Of course, that great game this week between Kamiakin and Kennewick at the 4A-3A crossover. Uh, that is the game of the year over there. I know it's you know a 4A versus a 3A, but uh, those are the two best teams. Uh, what did you learn from this one, Todd? Richland 14-0 over Chiawana. I learned that Richland can, can, can win with defense. And, and we've talked about Elijah Rodriguez and the impact he has on both sides of the football as a running back and as a defensive, as a pass rusher, you know, kind of that hybrid position, but Lex Luger, boys too. Yeah. I, I, again, uh, and, and, and to go and shut out Chiawana, uh, with a four year starting quarterback in JP Zamora, uh, very, very impressive. Uh, it sounds like it was, uh, a lot of it was the good play of that, of that secondary and Elijah Rodriguez and Lex Luther really got after Zamora, uh, all game long. Um, one that offense was, was struggling in the first half with a couple interceptions by Cam Kitchens, but, uh, that defensive line and that secondary really held up well against JP, uh, long enough for, for, uh, Cam to get, uh, to get going in that second half. Not a lot of scoring, but it was enough scoring for Richland to, to take control of that number two spot. Chihuahua, Chihuahua fans, you know, your season's not done uh, with that, with it being announced last week that there are three. 4A state playoff allocations in that district. Finally, finally, yeah. it's you know 4A GSL and the and the MCC. I mean, there's always a good team sitting home, Andy. We both know it. 
uh, or two. Um, so it's good to see that district get an, get an extra allocation this year. So Chihuahua fans, you guys still got plenty to play for. Um, yeah. If you get that three seed, you might have to go play Gonzaga prep, but it's better than, than, than playing a game in week 10 where it really doesn't mean much or, or, or past that. So, um, so yeah, but uh, good win by the bombers. All right. Moving over to the other side of district eight, Central Valley uh, coming off of a 27 to 24 win over U High last week. We had uh, the Abshire brothers, uh, quarterback Luke Abshire and running back Zach on the podcast on Thursday last week. That was a great interview. It was really fun to sit down with both of them uh, and see the way that they're enjoying playing with one another uh, so far this season. But they're kind of limping into this GSL 4A showdown uh, against Gonzaga Prep this this Friday, Todd, uh, coming after a game that, that we might have expected them to win by more, and, and it takes an Aiden LeBros 32-yard field goal uh, in the final moments to seal it. Uh, it feels like the Bears are kind of limping into this into this game this year when, you know, Gonzaga Prep didn't even play last week, and, you know, it, its offense has been rolling, and it gets a chance to, to maybe kind of recalibrate. Yeah, I can't disagree with you, Andy. Uh, I mean, they've, they've, they've sort of been a little up and down. Um, and, and you, we've talked about it last week uh, with 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 that with Luke Abshire and and coming off a kind of a up and down week of practice had not been on the same page with his receivers, but but found that groove last week against Mount Spokane. You know, uh, credit but credit credit him though. I mean, when things aren't going well, and when maybe it's a bad week of practice or it's a bad half. You know, he seems even even in that Eastmont game to open the season when they were down big, he he somehow finds a way to get in that groove to bring that offensive offense back. He did it in the fourth quarter this week in a game that you and I both thought that they should win rather easily. Uh, so, um, but I, I'll tell you, I think this Bears team has been ha- had this game this week circled on the calendar for for a better part of a year after that shootout last year uh, in in Spokane. Um, it should be a lot of fun. The game of the year in the GSL. Um, hey, a, a wounded bear is still an effective bear, right, man? It, I, I, I'm not going to underestimate Ryan Butner in this group and that uh, that defensive front seven. But right now, you got to think that Gonzaga Prep's clearly the favorite heading into Friday night. Yeah, I mean, to your point, Todd, you, part of you wonders if this is a situation where CV was just kind of overlooking, uh, you know, a lesser opponent. This is a district rival, so a lot of these guys, you know, there's a lot of the, there's interpersonal dynamics at play here. So, are they looking past this week and looking to Gonzaga Prep, uh, or is this something where you know U High maybe exposed some things? So, uh, we'll certainly see here coming on Friday, uh, and a great one to look forward to. But let's go back uh, in kind of the last game we'll talk about in storyline. Uh, it was Eastside Catholic and Garfield. We predicted, I think I predicted, a two-point Eastside Catholic win, which might have turned some heads. It certainly turned the heads of uh, a uh, people on the staff at Eastside saying we should beat this team by more. But Garfield was sitting at 4-0. Um, they've got you know tons of weapons. Uh, Jacoby Cochran is, is one of the most dynamic players uh, in, in that league. And, uh, you know, when the ball's in his hands, uh, they, they get a lot of production out of him. And, uh, you know, a really impressive performance by, by their quarterback as well. Um, but it was kind of a mistake-riddled game, to be honest. Um, you know, it, it came down to Dallas Daly had a, uh, had a strip sack. The fumble was taken back 
by Sam Burrows for touchdown to go ahead uh, early in the second quarter. You know, there was an interception return by Garfield and, uh, and a field goal attempt uh, to win it uh, from Garfield's great kicker. Um, and, you know, they just didn't get the chance to, to you know, to do it at the very at the very end it was the ball on the 40 there was a little bit of a miscommunication a, a bad snap and a game-winning sack for east for a game ceiling sack for Eastside catholic but garfield's next two opponents i, I want to talk about the bulldogs a little bit todd because they they go and and they they face the inner city rivalry this week against rainier beach who we know is talented and has been marred by covid and is just just boy i'd like to see them get a chance to play consistently week in and week out at this point and then Seattle Prep, which has taken two straight losses uh, and and not looked good for a few weeks now. And I th- I wonder, looking at Garfield and the way they played this game, it's a loss, but I think this is a key stretch where Garfield could really turn some heads uh, in two games that that I think both of these are winnable for the Bulldogs. Uh, what do you say? Yeah, I talked to a coach Saturday afternoon uh, in the Metro League that thought that Garfield could be the third best team in that, in that league behind O'Day and, and um, Eastside Catholic, which is saying something. And, and you and I both knew this. We, we knew that they had that really young, talented secondary last spring that, that you know, I, I, we talked about it before. I mean, a lot of really highlight type interceptions. Um, and they got back to not even playing in that secondary in the spring is Raphael Justice, who's a great guard on their on that three A state title winning team. And uh, uh, two years ago as a sophomore, he played uh, in the in the spring with Garfield as well. And and they got him back out as a corner. And and Reggie Witherspoon goes, this guy is fully committed this year. He's he's and, and he's to the point where he's like he's got a fo- he's got a future playing college corner uh, if he wants it. So a bolstered secondary. Uh, at that well and an opportunistic defense I mean they got back in that football game Friday Andy be, be behind that defense in the second half they they forced a few fumbles and almost almost came all the way back to to beat the Crusaders so you know credit credit to those guys and Reggie Witherspoon um, for keeping at it you know the tough team to to play when you're looking up at the scoreboard and you're down by a couple touchdowns and you have a zero on the scoreboard but um, a very young, talented, and opportunistic defense that I think is going to carry this team. You're right. Two big games on the horizon. If they do indeed win back-to-back these next two games, um, don't hey, fans, don't tell you we didn't tell you so. Garfield maybe, maybe being the, the, the three out of the, out of the Metro League this fall. Let's 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 get a little spoiler in the same way that Seattle Prep played a little spoil in the spring. Uh, why, why not have Garfield take a turn? I mean – you know, they got to clean up mistakes, obviously. You know, they only have 13 seniors, four seniors starting. And so is this is this something where, um, you know, they can figure things out uh, midseason and kind of play their way into some clean football. So uh, certainly a team to look out for. Before we get out of here, I want to talk and just briefly mention two standout performances across the state. Uh, every week, Todd, you and I round up the top performers uh, the top stars of the week in high school football across the state. We try to reach every corner of the state. We deploy uh, our resources to do so. And uh, there were two that just rose above the rest this week. Um, that was Yelm's Kyler Ronquillo, friend of the podcast, guest of a couple weeks ago. 
maybe the most versatile player in the state. I, I'm just I'm just saying that at this point. Um, you know, I, I feel very comfortable saying that. 193 receiving yards, two interceptions, two touchdowns, seven tackles. Is there a facet of the game that Kyler cannot impact? No, he might even be drawing up plays for his dad too, based on on formations or 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 defenses he's seen. I, he, I mean, he's a fantastic player. I mean, there's a reason why he was an All State player for us uh, after last spring, and he, I think he's even as taken a play, Yeah, I think he's taken his play up a level even even more as a junior. Second performance out of Winlock at the two B level, Nolan Swafford going for 239 yards. Five touchdowns on seven carries, all in the first half, Todd. 64-12 win over Charles Wright. I don't know. I, I'm not a math major. I was not a math major in college. Uh, I, I, was not, I did not blow away any of my math teachers, if you would call them any, every one of them up and ask them. Uh, but 34 yards per carry, uh, by my calculation, is not bad uh, for – uh, Swafford uh, and Winlock, who now sits here at three and one. I got two performers I'd like to highlight before we close. And the first guy uh, I'd like to talk about is in the two B ranks. Did you see what Gavin Parker did for Napa Vine this week? Uh, they took a game against one A. We had him in the top ten, Montesano, uh, a couple days uh, before the game. Uh, Gavin Parker rushed for two hundred and twenty-one yards and three touchdowns. He returned an interception for a score. And lo and behold, Andy, uh, as Montesano lines up for a game-tying field goal on its, on its home field in the final seconds, Gavin Parker's the one that not only crashes through the line to block it, but he picks it up and goes 80 yards the other way for a touchdown to cap what was probably easily his best game as a Tiger. Uh, my second guy that I'd like to – uh, top performer I'd like to bring up. And, and this is in a week where I don't know if you saw this, Andy, but Derek Bergerson caught, passed, and rushed for a touchdown in, in the night's win against Waluke. So he's, you know, I'd like to give him a little shout out, even though he's not going to be one of my top two. I'm, I'm, I want to talk about Joshua Colley. And I, I know that name probably doesn't resonate uh, a whole lot with fans. He played one game, he played the opener in the spring for Spanaway Lake. At running back before he got hurt, missed the rest of the spring. He's really kind of been filling in uh, in that Spanaway leg backfield. Josiah Wagner has not been 100% with a, a little bit of a foot issue. Um, had, Collie had his first 100-yard rushing game on Thursday at Liberty, including a, I don't know if you saw his 31-yard touchdown run in the final minute to win it. It was a zigzagger, Andy. Uh, he, he broke left, broke, right, went back, went forward. I mean, he was doing a little, uh, he was doing a little dance before, uh, finding that final crease and, and cut it up and scored the game winning touchdown. And, uh, a lot of emotion came out of that young man scoring that touchdown. It, you know, it's nice to see Spenaway Lake win a close game too. They haven't been in one for a while. Uh, but Joshua Colley for the Sentinels, a sophomore running back, uh, great job, uh, you know, stepping up for the Sentinels. That top performers uh, post is, is chock full of even more great performances. We could spend all day talking about it, but we'll direct you uh, to read about it on the site, scorebooklive.com slash Washington, the SB Live Sports app. Uh, it's almost time for that midseason report card, Todd, but we'll, we'll wait a week for that. So we appreciate all of you guys listening. 
Uh, first time listeners, we hope to have you back. Uh, we'd love to hear from you too. And I'm at Andy Bueller on Twitter. He's at Many Hats Millis. Lots to look forward to this week. So uh, we will be back soon. SB Live Washington Podcast. podcast is brought to you by SB Live Sports, your national hub for high school sports news and information. Subscribe for free wherever you get podcasts. If you do it on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review to help us best serve you, the listener. You can find our website at scorebooklive.com Washington. There you'll see news, features, highlights, podcasts, and everything in the world of high school sports across this state. As always, a big shout out to our sponsor, Washington Federal. Thanks to Dan Dickow and Todd Millis for bringing the heat every week. This song you're hearing is by the band Woodrow. It's called So Far Away. It's written by James Schroeder, Carl Johnson, and my dad, Matt Bueller. I'm Andy Bueller. We'll be back next week.